The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. It's time to blow the trumpet in Zion. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress, brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel with Pastor Ray Greenlee. Have you ever felt like your soul was dying? Like it was just impossible? Your life was not going anywhere? You... You have obstacles in your way. Everything looks hopeless. You're not able to distract yourself with your entertainment any longer. It's just your soul is dying from the inside out. Well, there are even some Christians who will teach that to follow Jesus, your soul must die. Of course, that's foolishness. Your soul is who you are. Your soul is your personality. A man is made up of body, soul, and spirit. The spirit is what governs our behavior. The spirit is what controls our decisions. But our soul is our personality. It's who we are. It's what makes us laugh. It's what shapes our relationships. God doesn't want that to die. God treasures who you are as a person. He made you. He formed you and knit you together in your mama's womb. He gave you a personality. When I was praying many years ago for a wife, I asked the Lord if he would send to me an earthy, spicy woman. Well, he did. And I loved Jan for many, many years before the Lord took her. Our soul is a treasure to God. Now, let me just say something as we begin today to study out of James, the first chapter. It may come as a surprise to some of you, but sin is a foreign parasite that has entered into the soul of man. It is not normal for a man to walk in rebellion and sin. Sin is extraneous, it is unnecessary, it is unwanted in the soul, in the life of a man or woman. Sin is that self-dependence that goes to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and says, I will create for myself my life. I am God. I talked with a, a Jewish businessman. And in the course of the conversation, discovered that his last name was Cohen. And I said, oh, you're a descendant of Aaron. Yes, I am a descendant of Aaron. I've been told that since I was a child. Well, do you worship God? He said, what do you mean worship God? I am God. This is a millionaire businessman has his own company. I am God. 
At least he was willing to admit what most act out in our culture today. Of course, I was taken back by his statement, but he was in charge of his own life. And wherever his heart led him, that's where he was going to go. Totally unaware of this parasite called sin that inhabited his soul. Only Jesus Christ can remove that parasite. Some of us used to love Bruce Springsteen. I used to watch him as he would play his concerts. What an awesome musician. But through the years, he has gone more and more deeply into darkness until today he is a very dark man filled with every kind of wickedness, depression, hopelessness. And so his music today, as compared to his early music, is anti-American. It is depressive. He still has that soul talent in music. But he's a man who has sold himself out to darkness. Robin Williams was another incredibly talented man. Remember, Wake Up America. I mean, some of his movies just blow your mind. But Robin Williams, at some point, gave himself over, gave his soul to the devil with the promise that the devil would make him very successful. Now, I'm not telling stories out of school. This was in the public mainstream media when he died, when he committed suicide. He was an alcoholic. Why? He said, I drink because that's the only time these dark voices stop speaking in my soul. His soul was dying. It was being taken over by this demonic presence that made him fabulously rich, that made him sought after as a comedian. But he also said, when I begin to do my public gig, I become filthy. I tell dirty jokes. I scorn everything that is good. He said, it's as though my body is taken over and a voice that I don't even recognize flows out of my heart and people love it. Well, today in our culture, most Americans enjoy reaching out and touching the door of death. And so we have become a death culture. We've become an unclean culture. This parasite of sin has wormed its way more and more deeply into our soul. For Robin Williams, it finally meant the only way he could shut those dark voices down was to take his life, and so he committed suicide. Sounds like Nietzsche. There's no God. And finally, in desperation to shut down the dying of his soul, he committed suicide. Well, tell me, 
when you reach that point of death in your soul, will you commit suicide? Or will you turn and ask Jesus Christ to remove the worm of sin from your soul? Will you turn to Jesus Christ and ask him to remove the parasite of sin from your soul? Now we come in the book of James. And the first thing Pastor James wants to address is the question of faith working patience in us. And of course, anytime we use the word faith, if you recall our study that we just finished in the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter, there must be a rhema word at the base of all faith, or it's simply witchcraft. I'm facing now in my own personal life some absolute impossibilities. And as I have set apart an hour each day to deal with these personal issues that are utterly impossible for me to resolve. I have to come and stand by faith. But I don't stand on just hope that something might happen. I stand on a word spoken to me from the scriptures by the Holy Spirit that said, I will work this out. And so I stand by faith on that word that God will work it out. Now, as I stand and wait on God, I'll tell you what happens. Any sin in my heart begins to stand up and dance and say, you cannot trust God. Trust yourself. Go for it. You can do it. I'm now old enough and I've walked long enough on the face of this earth to know that that's a lie from the pit of hell. Positive thinking only gets you so far down the road and then that worm in your heart begins to eat away from the inside and you begin to die in your inner being. The other option is to believe the word of Jesus Christ, to stand by faith that his word is true and that he will do in your life what he said he would do. Yesterday, I stopped by Starbucks and a a couple of friends stopped by. One of them was a a young man with an an engineering degree in, in auto design a very bright young fellow. He'd just been fired from his job because he was working as a as a mechanic and he hadn't tightened the bolts on a on a car, on the tire. And so the owner drove out with the wobbly tire. And the boss said, Look, you need to resign. You're out of here. 
How's that possible? How could that happen? Well, I can tell you how it happened. I said to him, are you a Christian? He said, no, I'm not a Christian. He said, what do you believe? I don't believe anything. This bright young man with a very promising future, his soul's already gone. He's dead. If he is not brought back to life, if he is not given new purpose for living, his life is over, even though he's just in his 20s. Because he has never been willing to submit his soul for the removal of the parasite of sin that reigns over his heart. And so he wanders around with this gal or that gal or this person or that person. He's aimless. He doesn't have any goals in life. I said, do you want to get a job? Do you need to get a job? He said, well, I live with mom. What? You have a, a degree in, in auto design? You're an engineer? And you live at home with mom and you don't care if you get a job because mom's supporting you. If I'd had one, I would have pulled a binky out of my pocket and handed it to him. I mean, grow up. But how can he grow up? His soul is rotting away in his heart. He has nowhere to go. He has nothing to do because everything is hopeless. Everything is hopeless. He's only in his 20s and already he's burned himself out with alcohol and, and drugs and, and this and that. He's tasted it all and it it's all foolishness. He has no desire to go do anything. No desire to contribute to anybody. His soul is dead. If he's not brought alive by Jesus, he's done. He's cooked. He's out. He'll end up dragging through life until finally so miserable he'll just crash and burn. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I took a fair amount of time last night to begin to pray for him, asking Jesus if he would bring him to life, asking Jesus if he would give him a chance. His mom and dad have never been to church. They're, they're not believers in anything, in any faith of any kind. He hasn't been taught even the elementary things about his own heart. My heart was moved with compassion for him. He needs Jesus. He needs Jesus. He, he's... He's going to go off the cliff if Jesus doesn't come and rescue him. So James wants to talk about patience because when everything is impossible and your soul is dying and you begin to cry out to God and you ask Jesus to come and rescue you, you have to begin waiting for him. 
And while you wait for him, you get serious about pursuing him. You begin to read the scriptures. You begin to pray. You begin to go to church. You begin to search after men and women who really know Jesus. You get hungry. That's what happens when you stop all the foolish escapism and you begin to just seek after God. Patience begins to build in your heart. And there has to be a a work of the suffering as you have walked in sin and you begin to recognize the depth of that sin. There's a person I spoke to this morning. This person has crashed and burned four times so far in their life. Four times they've made dreadfully bad decisions. And I began to cry out to God for this person and say, Lord, now they're going to make another dreadfully bad decision. And now this person is already in her in her 50s. And she's going to make another dreadful, wrong, destructive decision. Why? Because her soul has a parasite in it. And she's never been delivered. No, she's not a Christian. She's religious. But she's not a Christian. Now, James pushes this a little further. He says... If you lack wisdom, if you don't know how to get through this deal, ask God. He will give you wisdom and he will not insult you. He'll preserve your dignity. Ask him to give you wisdom for how to be set free from this soul death that is capturing and destroying you, holding you captive. says the one giving to all men generously and without insult. Ask him and it will be given to you. Now he talks about, in verse 6, this is James chapter 1, verse 6. Now he must ask in faith, that is, asking based on the word of God, by faith, not doubting at all, For the one doubting has been and still is like a wave of the sea being driven by the wind, being blown here and there. That's a description of a man or woman who is soul dead. Blown here and there. That man must not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You finally have to come to a place 
where you say, will I believe what Jesus has said in the scriptures? Or am I going to pursue my own way? Do I believe that God's word is true? Or do I want my own way? Really raises the question, doesn't it? Have you been following your own way? If you have, what is it getting you? Now, it's interesting. He says, Let the lowly brother rejoice in his high position, and the rich man rejoice in his humiliation, because as a flower of grass he will pass away. For the sun rose with scorching heat and withered the grass and the flower of it fell off and the beauty of its appearance perished. And so the rich man in his pursuits will fade away. Double-minded man. Slowly his soul is rotting from within. Now, please let me say this to you again. It is absolutely clear in Scripture that sin is not an intricate part of a man's soul. There is no necessity, there is no biblical mandate that says you should continue to walk in sin and struggle with it for the rest of your life. That's the foolishness of the modern Gnostic teachers. It is a lie. You cannot be saved and continue to walk in your rebellion against God. For a man to be saved, he must allow Jesus to remove all sin from his heart. He must allow Jesus to kill that parasitic worm called sin, which is simply rebellion against God and a determination, I will go my own way. I will will follow my own leanings and my own inclinations. Now, it's interesting to me. Jesus was utterly without sin, but he was fully human. Back in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 8, says, Jesus Christ, yesterday and today is the same, even for the ages of eternity. In other words, Jesus Christ is unchangeable. He always was, he always is, and he always will be through eternity the same. He could not sin because he was God. Through all of the changes of a state, his nature did not change. Jesus has all the fullness, and he had all the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in him, Colossians 2.9. He was one with the Father, John 10.30. 
He is omnipotent. John 5.19 He is omniscient. Matthew 11.21 He is omnipresent. Matthew 18.20 He has all things that the Father has. He has the power to remove sin. Matthew 9, verse 2 and verse 6. He received worship as God when he was a human being. It's this Jesus that is essentially and eternally the same, that has the power to remove your sin. But you can walk unconscious. Your soul can be satiated with food, with sex, with entertainment, with work, with money, with ambition. You have a smorgasbord table laid out before you, and you can eat at that table as much as you would like But in the process, your soul is dying. There's only one way for your soul to live. And that is by turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now his word to me this morning, Hebrews 12, verse 12. Therefore, You must strengthen the hands having been weak and the knees having been feeble. So in other words, as we're waiting on God, as we're asking him to remove the worm, the parasite from our life, as we're walking in him, as we're pursuing him, as we're standing by faith for another person, as we're standing by faith for the change financially that is so desperately needed, that you cannot by your soul bring to pass. He's saying, when when your hands are weak, when your knees have grown feeble, make straight paths for your feet. Why? So that the lame may be turned aside and may be healed. In other words, that which you want to have come to pass requires that you personally walk a straight path. Are you walking a straight path today? Are you clean with Jesus? Has the parasite of sin been healed and removed from your heart. I recognize that as I pray for this radio listening audience, as I pray for you, as I pray for the finances for radio, as I pray for the National Prayer Chapel, as I pray for members of the National Prayer Chapel, for their marriages, for their work. As I pray about personal issues in my own life, I recognize that I am powerless to make all of these things come to pass. 
as I pray for revival in Washington, D.C. I cannot buy some hyped-up entertainment program bring another great awakening. Great awakenings don't come out of entertainment. Great awakenings come out of the prayer closet. They come out of a man or a woman who is finally willing to lay everything at the altar of Jesus. A man or woman, a boy or girl, who is finally willing to say, I can't do it, but I'm going to strengthen my weak hands, and I'm going to strengthen my weak legs. And I'm going to believe that Jesus Christ has the power to bring to pass what he has promised. And I'm not going to waver. I'm going to stand by faith. Jesus said, couldn't you even watch and pray for one hour? Couldn't you even watch and pray for one hour? It requires that we stand by faith so that the ones we are praying for may not be turned aside, that the lame will be healed. The power to heal and change the physical realm is based on my making a straight path for my life. That's why Pastor James is saying, look, you have to be patient because in the patience, a work of perfection is done in your soul where you finally are totally attached to Jesus and not in any way to your own ability to change reality. Do you have someone you're praying for? Then make straight paths for your feet. Walk righteous before God. Walk righteous before God. And God will come. And he will change what's happening in the physical realm. And in the process, you will be made perfect. So he's saying, look, this is not about how much money you have. It's not about the gifts or the talents you have. The rich man is going to fade away as he pursues his ambitions. It's not about money. Verse 12, this is chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation to sin. That is, the devil, pardon me, the devil, as we saw in the first intro to the book of James, he says, my brothers, consider it all joy in verse 2. 
when you may encounter various temptations. In other words, it's not God who tempts you. God does not tempt any man. You're tempted by your own worm or parasite of sin. And you're tempted by the devil. And the devil causes to fall around you a whole kaleidoscope of temptations. Temptations that will, for a short time, warm your heart. Temptations that will excite your passions. Temptations that will, for a short time, make you feel better and relieve the pain of your heart. Some of you who know that your soul is dying, you've been satiating yourself with every wicked thing. It only lasts so long, and then when you pull back and look at it, you feel more miserable and more hopeless. James is saying to us, Blessed is the man or the woman who endures temptation to sin. In other words, it is going to be suffering on your part to deny yourself the sin of darkness that wants to arise in your heart. Sin wants to rise in your heart. You want what brings you pleasure, whether it be the Steelers or the Redskins or the Nationals. You want what brings you relief. I heard one man say, I sit down and watch football every Sunday because it lets me have a beer it lets me have some food, and it lets me forget about I have to go to work on Monday morning. It lets me forget about the pain that's in my heart. The problem is Monday morning does come, and Monday morning you have to go to work. Like rats in a rat race. There has to come a time when we're finally tired of this and we're willing to begin to endure every temptation that Satan brings because we've been around that mulberry bush enough times that we know that if we go that way again, if we go back to that pornography one more time, we know when we're finished with it, we will feel utterly empty and unloved because there is no love for you in pornography. There's no satisfaction for you in two teams playing that you're not playing on and you're not getting paid for. You're just paying to watch them. Utter insanity, moral insanity. some point, you finally have to say, look, this is not of God. 
and my soul is rotting from the inside, and I'm not getting anywhere every day. I'm getting another day older, and I'm not getting what I need to heal my heart. So blessed is the man who endures temptation to sin, because having become approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to the ones loving him. In other words, let's be clear. This is not an endless life. This is not an endless road. How many times I've driven on a back country road only to come to a sign that says road closed. What? How dare they close my road? Well, guess what? You're going to come to a place in your life where there's going to be a sign that says your life is closed and you're going to die. We don't live on an endless road. There is an end. And for those who have endured the painful, the painful jabbings, invitations, temptations of Satan, a man becomes finally approved of God. And I have to just stop here and ask right now, are you approved by God? Are you walking clean before God in a manner that he approves of you? Have you waited patiently upon him? Has the work of perfection been done in your soul? Or are you still out there racing after something that will satisfy your soul? And is your soul dying? Are you dying today? I'm going to open the phone lines. And today, if you're dying and you would like me to pray with you and talk with you, I'll be happy to do that. 877-534-0780. Brother Kevin will take your call. He's our screener, our producer. And then he'll put you through to the to the line coming directly to me in the studio. 877-534-0780. Is your soul dying? Do you recognize your pursuing things that are not going to bring you into the kingdom of God? Do you recognize that you've been playing Christian or playing church, but all the time your soul is dying? I'd like to talk with you. I'd like to pray with you. This is an open invitation. 877 877- Five three four zero seven eight zero. We have time for a number of calls, but you'll have to call quickly. 
Now, just in the moments while I wait for your call, I'm Ray Greenley. I'm the pastor of the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. Do you need a place where you'll be called to Jesus? A safe place where that worm, that parasite can be removed from your heart. The National Prayer Chapel meets every Sunday at 12 noon. We begin with corporate prayer. We are not a church that's in entertainment. I'm not going to stand in the pulpit and begin to tell jokes. This is serious. It's about the old man dying and the soul coming to life in Jesus Christ. We rent space from a a wonderful family fellowship called the All Saints Anglican Church. We rent from them, and let me give you their address. 14851 Gideon Drive in Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. That's the All Saints Anglican Church at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Okay. Hi, Lee. Welcome. Can you hear me, Lee? I can. Hello, Pastor Ray. What would you like to share? Uh, How can I I pray? I I haven't listened in a while because of my work schedule. I just happened to be home today, and I turned it on, and I have to say, turned on the station, and I have to say that it um, it seems almost like you're speaking to me. I have that um, feeling that my soul is dying. I'm in a terrible financial situation. Uh, I work as many hours that let me, and it keeps just getting worse every day. I'm trying to sell my possessions, and I just can't do it quick enough. But I... Uh, it really struck a chord with me when you spoke of the soul dying, and uh, it seems that it's been somewhat gradual. But I've I've lost my my drive, my motive. I cry out to the Lord. I pray. I go to church, um, and then this sin comes back in my life, and then I feel defeated. And it seems like just. Uh, an endless circle. And um, if you would, what I would like you to pray is that um, God would kill that parasite, remove it from my soul, my heart, and that I may be able to have the privilege of walking clean and straight, serving the Lord. Um, You know, Lee, Lee, you're a brother that I've known for quite a while and I love dearly and that I pray for. But I also recognize that you have gone with convenience and pleasantness 
And so you are in a church where you're really not held accountable and where you really don't learn these deep things of Scripture. This book, this Bible will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from from the Word. So I will pray for you today, but I want you to know that you have ducked and dodged the price that you're going to have to pay if you're going to walk free in Jesus. And you've walked long enough in that church to know that it's not going to happen there. So you can choose to die in the midst of your comfortableness, or you can do something new and decide that, above all things, you have to have a soul that is approved by God. How miserable do you have to become before you're willing to pay the price to follow Jesus? He's the devil's pinching you in your finances. He's pinching you with your health. He's pinching you with your wife. Lee, you're you're about as miserable as Job. And you're going to have to make some new decisions if Jesus is going to work and set you free. So let's pray. Lord, I lift this dear brother before you, one that I have brought so many times before your throne, but who has been so utterly unwilling to pay the price of allowing this parasite to die. He has wanted religion to take the parasite, and it won't work. He's wanted hard work. Lord, this man's one of the hardest workers I've ever known. Lord, he wants something to remove it while continuing to be unwilling to let you remove it. So, Lord, I just pray for Lee today. He is dying in his soul, and only you can prosper him and bring him through this great time of suffering in his heart. And, Lord, I just lift him up to you and ask for your mercy I ask for your mercy over Lee's mind, body, and soul. Lord, he doesn't have much more time before he comes to the end of his road and he faces the judgment of God. Lord, would you come and deal with my brother Lee and would you set him free? Would you release him, Jesus? I know you love him so many times as I've prayed. I've seen and known your love for Lee. You would never insult him. You would never treat him unkindly. But, Lord, the doors are open and the devil is ravishing him. So I just plead now your mercy over Lee. I pray that he'd put the bottle down. I pray that he'd put all of his entertainment down. Lord, I pray he'd put his life down on that altar. I pray that the parasite of sin would be removed as he comes in repentance before your throne. Lord, I thank you for Lee. Bless him today. Lord, cause him to come and do business with you today. I pray in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Lee. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. I'll continue to pray for you, brother. 
I love you. Thank you, Pastor. I love you too. Thank you, Pastor Ray. You're welcome. Bye. Our phone number is 877-534-0780. Are you ready to get serious with Jesus? Are you willing to let your soul be cleansed and made new? Or do you have precious things you're determined you're going to hang on to, no matter what the cost? even your soul's salvation. If you call, I'll pray with you. 877-534-0780. Call quickly. We have time for maybe one more quick phone call. Don't call me off air. Call me now. Your testimony and your witness and your Your walk needs to be open to others. This salvation deal is not a private deal. It's very public. The judgment of God is going to be very public. People are going to be standing at the throne of God, and everyone is going to hear as the judgment is passed on you, or God says, I approve of this one. His name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It's going to be a a time of great shame. The Bible says it's going to be a time of of loud cries, gnashing of teeth. How are you going to stand in that day? I invite you to come to the prayer chapel. I invite you also to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Already in the first week We have a thousand people have come to the website. You're welcome to come too. The podcast, the videos, they're all there. This broadcast today will be posted tonight, and the video of this broadcast will be posted on YouTube tonight. So I invite you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I want to thank again all of those wonderful brothers and sisters who are standing with me. It's been awesome to see the way the funds have have begun to come in for this month's radio cost. This is not listener-sponsored radio. This is Jesus-sponsored radio. He moves in the hearts of his people to give, and I'm very grateful for each of you who has responded. You can write to us at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, Two two, one nine five. Now let's pray. Lord, I lift up those who have listened to this broadcast. And I ask, Lord, that you would finish the work that you have started in their hearts, that they would turn aside from every temptation of Satan, 
that they would pay the price to come into your presence and be healed of this parasitic thing called sin. Lord, some of those who have listened have always believed that they must live with sin until they die, and then somehow they will be delivered. Lord, they've been lied to. They can have full freedom and deliverance now, or they will not have it when they die. Lord, I'm asking you to come and move with power, with healing, with love, with mercy, with compassion in the hearts of those who have been listening to this broadcast. Lord, it's not been easy for many to listen to. I just know in the Spirit there are many who are struggling with what has been shared today out of the first chapter of James. Lord, I pray that you'll come with revival power in Washington, D.C. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley, the pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. I love you. I want you to be saved. I want you to be free. I'll talk to you soon. Present you blameless before the presence of his glory. We